Garden and the Moon is a knowledge center bringing together teachings and insights, experiences and stories, people and beings. Patika means the path or the trail in Turkish. It is also the name of the atelier created by the beautiful artist, herbalist and beloved friend Emine Boyner. Unfolding the lost and most precious trails of Turkey and the world, Emine is the guardian of plants and wonders of the natural world. She elevates the everyday life through art creations, walks and classes, herbal remedies and moments of, co of contemplation. Her voice transmits the alchemy of love and perfect harmony with nature. Sitting together in our garden of roses, jasmine and olive trees, under the blessings of a beautiful full moon, Emine and I share the most beautiful time is suspended kind of moment of conversation and connection. Emine, it's so nice to have you being part of this um, conversation with the whole community of Garden and the Moon. Um, you and I, we met last year during my first trip in Turkey. And I remember when I visited your beautiful shop in this uh, island of Junda um, in the at the Asian side of, of Turkey I was just like transported in a, in a different world you know a world of uh, herbs a world of beauty a world of beautiful arts and uh, connection with the earth and um, and then when we started to get to know each other and 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 really like share about you know our experiences i've realized like how deep your connection to the to the land and to beauty and to ancestral um you know ways of connecting with yourself and and healing yourself were and uh it's such a pleasure to have you you know um share your experience and and whatever you know like you feel about the world, about the plants, about the land. So um, to start with, I would love for you to maybe like um, share a few words on like, like who you are, like what is it that you're contributing to, um, to the world through your work, through you as a woman, as a mother, um, and then, you know, we will go from there. Hello, Emily. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here. And it's, um, thank you so much for inviting me to this conversation. I consider myself an, a student of uh, both plants, but also nature. And really, um, whatever I do, whether it's uh, an art or an herbal um, medicine or, you know, works with clay, I, I feel guided by nature and it's really through plants that I can connect better to my inner nature, to the wildness that, that you know, manages to, manages to survive. Um, so uh, for me, um, uh, as an herbalist and an artist, my daily practice is really, I try to re-remember the indigenous ways of being one with with the, the you know the 
the, the land where we live, with all the beings that we share the ecosystem with. And um, so the herbal practices and the art practices, um, just the practice of making anything in my daily life is, um, is a way to connect with that, the possibility of being and living in that way. When you mentioned about actually connecting with this indigenous, you know, um, part of connecting, you know, with your daily life and, and, and the land, is this something that, that you've learned? Is it something that you feel and you connect with like spontaneously and almost like naturally, like since you were, you know, like born? Or is it something that you're you know trying to define as you go like how is that connection being uh manifested in your life i believe that we're all you know born actually connected there's a period of disconnection maybe due to you know the ways that we we are raised and schools and all these institutions that we you know have to be a part of in our um in our lives Uh, but I think that nature finds a way to re remind us of that connection. It's not a special thing for certain people. I think it's in all of us. Um, for me, I think uh, I, I feel blessed that I didn't really forget that. Like I, I did, you know, have like a, a typical city childhood. But I always feel I've uh, I've been connected. Maybe you know, living with parents who were both in their own way uh, connected to to nature in different ways. Um, my mom, just like you, actually is really deeply connected to flowers and, you know, the beauty of flowers. And, you know, nature just, you know, sneaks in to places where, you know, where we least expect or would least call nature. But it's like, Nature is everywhere, you know, whether we are in the mm. city or, you know, we're still connected to all these elements, you know, whether we're in a city that is completely gray and, you know, full of asphalt and cement, you know, we're still washing our dishes with water. You know, we're still, when we go outside, we're touched by the breeze. And, you know, whether we're living in the most destructive kind of city landscape There's still wild herbs growing everywhere from like the little crevices and, you know, on the sidewalk and uh, little uh, cracks on the, you know, the, the streets. So um, it's, it's actually we're constantly reminded that nature and our nature is everywhere. But I think um, going into an herbal practice, learning more about plants and maybe that that has added so much more like that feeling was there the connection was there in, in internally but um, finding out more and exploring and you know it's an infinity there's never you never know like there's I, I never feel like I know anything because nature is an infinite teacher and nurturer there's it, it's there's never like a, an end to anything that we learn but that's why that's the fun of it it's like it's It's the wonder of it that like it never ends. The wonder and the wanting to explore never ends. But I do believe that, you know, learning and exploring and um, really does help nurture that connection. You know, finding out something about 
dandelion really you know it might be like the smallest bit of information and it just really opens up so many doors and it's so so much more magical and so i do do believe that the period of trying to explore more about plants has added to that connection as has deepened that and it's not just about just about the plants but through plants you know learning more about pollinators and you know all these insects that are these like really um silent beings that have so much you know so much power uh that we don't really know and through plants you know it's uh really wonderful to connect it to all the other beings mm -hmm. so that has really added to that connection i think i love how you say that nature is really um everywhere i think it's so true and also i i I really have felt really touched by also your own um, internal communication with plants and, and, you know, and the natural world and, 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 and the world actually that you, that you express through your arts and your books and, you know, your, um, you know, any manifestation of your hands actually and your eyes. Um, and I was wondering if you recall like a moment, um, maybe when you were young or I mean, you still are young, but you know, when any time at some point in your life where you felt like, yeah, you know, like those very blessed moments, like for example, like you felt that communication with like, let's say a, a flower or like, like I remember, you know, like some of those moments with like a tree, you know, like, a, or like a, like um like a rose you know like i felt like almost this unique um way of like listening you know to that plant like did you did you feel that at some point and do you have still that like that kind of like sweet affinity maybe with a few of those beings yes actually the f the first time i um i went to uh i was doing like um uh online study with Rosemary Gladstar and at that time I went to her school the Sage Mountain and um, a lovely experience that happened there was that until then I, I you know I had the more analytical mind getting in the way if like if I felt like I sensed something if I felt like I felt or heard something from the plant my analytical mind would, would get in the way, thinking like, is this me? Is this my mind? Is this the plant? And this lovely experience uh, at Sage Mountain, we had this, um, there was this, uh, you know, we had this time to just sit with a plant and um, everybody, you know, we just went off to, you know, go to the plant that actually calls us and sit with the plant, just breathe with the plant. And, you know, just be there with the plant. And um, afterwards, when we returned to the circle to share our, you know, um, maybe our experience or just, you know, share anything we'd like to share, I remember saying something like, you know, I've had this sense, but I'm not sure if it was me or the plant. And there was this wonderful woman who said, you know, what's the difference, Emine? Like, what's the difference? Like, why are you and the plant you know, why are you two different, you know, entities? Why are you two, two different? What, there's no difference. 
I, I don't think that person is aware of this probably because I haven't uh, been in contact. Like we, you know, it was a it was a large group, and but you know, her words have had so much effect on me. I after that, you know, I never separated it. Like I never was like, wait, is this me? Is this like really? I think as any kind of practice of presence, really, there's no separation there, you know. And then um, I think that separation is something that our analytical minds create. And when we kind of just let that go, let, let, let go of trying to understand and like trying to make sense of something, so many ways of communication open up. I will come across, you know, a, a hawthorn tree. And then those moments where I really like need some sweetness for my heart or something because you know hawthorn is such a heart connected plant as is rosemary as actually uh, rose actually sorry as are many of the rose family uh beings are so connected to the heart you know i would come across a, a, a hawthorn tree and uh, you know just at those moments or you know uh, a wild rose bush you know at, at it, just those moments where where i would maybe feel a bit alone or something it's just really would feel you know i'm surrounded by friends and really allies i've i've been also you know thinking about places that i have lived the places that i've moved to just kind of observing the plants that are there and usually those plants that are there in abundance are the ones i i truly actually you know need the the energies of not mm. not just talking in terms of like an herbal tea or, or like using plants as medicine not not always that but just like as relations just like people who come into your life at the right time you know who just like you actually you know just like people who come into your life and then you just have this connection I've had that with plants like there would be a plant that I didn't know so much about and just because I keep coming across that plant and doing like doing the just listening part and not 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 doing maybe the analytical under trying to understand part, just being there with the plant, but also then kind of reading about that plant. Poke uh, has been one of those plants for me, poke uh, berry. It's not a plant that grows in abundance in Ivalik. You know, Ivalik is actually a, quite a dry climate for poke. Poke is more in abundance in in Istanbul, actually, interestingly, in a more, more close to the north, um, places that are closer to the north, you know, poke likes usually a bit more moisture or kind of half sun, half shade kind of areas. And in in our home where we live, where I lived before, it just grew everywhere. And you know, um, I started making ink out of the the berries, but it was, you know, it was as if the plant was like, no, it, it's beyond the ink. Like, there's there's a relationship beyond the 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 ink process or the medicine medicine that is beyond the physical parts of the plant. And I would be going home and then seeing that that plant is in this pot right next to my house. There was nothing planted in that pot, but suddenly the pulpwoods grow mm -hmm. from it. All these places that I 
didn't expect even at my workshop building like on the side of the road where it's not a place where there is poke so I feel like when a plant wants to reach out to you really finds a way from an outside perspective like the way I'm, I'm maybe like connecting with it is that especially from like the example of like the ink you know from that berry it's almost like it was like connecting like drawing a line from like your childhood and background you know like of Istanbul and your family there to Ivalik you know like almost like it's part of like the drawing of like your heritage like almost like we are connected you know whoever wherever you are um yeah I think that's so powerful what you're saying about this whole like one you know family of beings you know that we have to um connect with and understand and respect and and listen to there is also something i think very interesting about your your background is that you are from turkey and um you treasure you know the land of turkey so beautifully um but also like talking to you and and sharing about our different experiences like you've traveled the world you know like you've been to um, many many places of the world and I would be um, very interested to hear your perspective on like how do you connect with different soils and different you know herbs like anywhere you are in the world and and that notion of like roots you know coming from it like do you even feel like it's you know plants and all of us are meant to create different roots or somehow are we still going back to that root center that we were born you know from like what what do you what's your perspective on that those plants you know the wild plants that they are really a part of you know they are local you know they are uh like dandelion has been here for so such a long time you know but uh, when you think about the ways plants have traveled, uh, dandelion, as far as I know, is actually an herb that native to Europe, or but has traveled the world. The same thing for plantain, you know, uh, local to Europe actually initially, but they have traveled with people who've gone gone to the to the you know America and and they became um, a part of the land there by native americans uh, plantain was called the white man's footstep because somehow they managed the the seeds managed to travel so i mean just as plants i feel wherever i go i mean i am very local in terms of i i really love living in turkey where i was born and i love um you know the idea of you know hopefully living in the aegean for most of my life but I do love traveling. And when I do travel, I don't, I do feel really connected to wherever I go. And it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, just as plants, we, we can travel and feel at home in very different places. And, and, and just because, you know, the plants are moving, I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about, you know, bringing these exotic different plants to a different place and then causing you know sometimes that that transfer or that travel can also cause destruction if you're kind of 
I think with anything, if you're imposing something to where you're going, you're actually, you might cause destruction. But mm. when, plant, you know, just as plants go and travel and, you know, like just as dandelion grows almost everywhere in the world, you know, it's, I think I feel a bit that way and feeling connected to the places that I have been. I mean, I've been in Turkey most of my life, but I've had the, the chance to travel to different places when I was quite young for different opportunities, different um, works and um, different uh, explorations or volunteer works or this different kind of projects. But I think at a young age, like in high school, managed, you know, been able to and had the chance to go to a few places like Australia or Namibia and um, in uh, Peru when I was in college for actually a longer period but all of those places I've always been interested in wherever I go the the indigenous cultures over there and it was always so magical to see so many connections actually so it really reminds me that you know there's so much despite geographical separation there's actually so much connection like going to North America to uh, a place where you can actually still see uh, indigenous uh, practices and seeing that the same plant is burned for ceremonies or, you know, uh, for cleansing are the ones that are actually burnt in Anatolia. Of course, there is also an overuse and, you know, those things have also become products to be consumed. And that's something to, you know, be cautious of, of course. But, you know, when you look into the depth of it, it's such a magical thing that all these different continents, you know, the indigenous knowledge is actually the same everywhere almost. Mm. It goes comes to the same, same practices. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're called different names or because of the geographical differences, there are, you know, maybe different. Some of the practices are different, but in the core, it's always the same thing. It's always about... It's always about just connected, just being one with where you are. I think you're absolutely right. And um, and I've been finding personally that um, connecting with that wisdom, you know, from the uh, ancestral traditions hasn't always been uh, easy because, um, you know, sometimes you read books or you go to workshop or you... You learn, you know, from various different sources. And, you know, now we are blessed with like this huge amount of information on plants and, and, and that, you know, knowledge. And it's, um, I'm, I'm starting to learn more and more how, you know, it's in the, it's, it's actually like through ourselves that we are really able to like connect to that inner knowledge that we all have, you know, like it's beyond Google. And, uh, but at the same time, I found it through other aspects of connecting with plants, with, th with people such as farmers or people who, you know, like who cook from a, like a very like um, connected place. And especially in Turkey, in some villages. And, um, and I was wondering, like, what about you? Like, what, what, what have been your like sources of like, inspiration to that almost like pure knowledge in a way right like when it's like so simple and and connected i uh, i actually really believe that you know that those connections are not these grand 
you know, experiences, but really all those modest, like, everyday moments that maybe nobody sees, you know, nobody experiences other than, you know, yourself, kind of. I mean, I really do believe that the magic happens in those moments where it's it's so small, actually. It's just like a small little moment in your life. I mean, I, I really do think that making anything or, you know, creating anything um, with nature is so um, transforming in a way, but not in like a grandiose way. You know, just integrating the wild plants in the garden that just happen to be there into, I don't know, a breakfast or, you know, just, just adding a few leaves of that plant that, you know, is in abundance, surround, you know, that is surrounding you. Just, it's such a way of really, I think those moments of walking near my house in the forest and then being able to see the subtle changes and not even going out with the intention of harvesting, but just coming across all of this, this nurturing um, wild plants, like just for instance, the wild asparagus, you know, uh, and being able to really feel blessed that that plant exists nearby. And, you know, with the permission, harvest and then prepare food for yourself and actually just feel like you're being fed by where you live. It's such a nurturing feeling. I mean, being able to have an herbal tea just from the plants that grow around you. I think um, it's even kind of like, you know, you go outside and it smells like wild lavender maybe. At that time, it's the time when they grow. And then, you know, picking a few and then coming home and drinking that tea. It's just really like drinking that time of year or that time of of the forests you know and there's a time when the pine needles are really fresh and then like you go out for a walk and you can smell that and then being able to integrate that into your daily life of course there are plants that we use in the house that are not local or you know maybe eating produce from farmers that are not always so nearby but just integrating the ones that are nearby it just it's it's really another way to feel like your body is a part of the body of the place you are so you're you're a part of the place and the place is a part of your body so i i love that and i love with some uh especially what you were saying about some chefs you know who cook in that way it's it's i think that's really there's something something really magical about that and it's like I say, it's not grandiose. It's just daily life. It's not It's not an Instagram post. It's not, um, you know, a, a video about like a mystical experience. It's just daily life and magic that is just, it's, it's like down to earth magic, you know? Mm. That's the essence of it, actually. <laughs> uh, I think you're so right. Um, you know, Emine, like if you had to like, close your eyes and think of the earth you know all around us and you know like that's us right like the, the earth right now like the, the smell the breeze the five elements like what is the earth telling you right now like what where, how do you if you had to describe with a few words like the earth and and what she feels and 
and her heart and her emotions like what would you say i really um just seeing how in terms of our expression of what the world needs you know when you, when you think about it climate change like environmental issues are talked about so much more than they have probably ever been but when you look at daily practices that is a whole different story and i think i i really do believe healing starts both with ourselves and our daily practices so it's it's not about saying the big words about climate change or it's it's not about i don't think it's the big words i think it's the the acts that but that are that again th those are also not grandiose but really nurturing that love of where we live whether it's in the city or a rural area or the mountains or the seaside really loving a place you know because when we love something anything anyone you know that is already healing and i think it the, the healing of the of this planet is not going to come from all these discussions or arguments and these blames and like people just blaming each other or blaming certain entities you know it's it's i don't think healing comes from that or i don't believe that it's going to come out of judgment of how we judge each other's lives or um our prejudices i i i really believe that healing will come out of a place of love you know wherever we are to love that place you know because the thing that we call place is a body actually like where we're we, you know we we are a part of a body you know the planet is an extension of our bodies and we're an extension of the planet so so that's why i do believe that starting with ourselves is so important i do believe the healing is is it's not separate so being in connection to the outside is being in connection with the inside and i i i think it's most important to um like you always say you know starting with your garden you know like starting with maybe protecting the pollinators in our garden um maybe considering them when we're mowing the land like do we really need to mow like maybe it's the season for flowers and the bees need that or just always considering our all these other beings that we share you know a place with that who are also an extension of us so i i believe that this healing comes from just all these daily practices that maybe no one's going to know about but really you know practicing that love like just loving a place i think that then the healing comes naturally like when you love a place you don't go and spray it with herbicide like you don't you don't do that you know you love it too much every act is so so important i i really do believe that it's a time for healing and really no more no more no more destruction like no more of opening new wounds just really you know healing but without the judgment like i think judgment needs to be set aside you know i think we all need to be honest with what we can and can't do you know there are things that i myself or like all of us there there are things that are harder to do for us you know there are, there are practices that are a bit harder for us for each of us there is something different you know whether it's consuming something trying not to consume something there are things that we each have a hard time with but instead of 
talking about all the things that we do and how that makes us better than the other person, you know, we can be honest about like what parts we have a hard time doing, putting the judgment aside, putting the self-righteousness aside, and really just talking to each other, talk about like how to love where we are in the most real and in a way that will actually heal those those wounds. And we can just start with ourselves and where we are. You know, I, I think it's it's exactly it. I think the the loving part is that the essence of everything in a way, in fact. And I'm just wondering, you know, like for many of us, you know, it's it's something that we no one would argue with that for sure. Yet it is such a difficult practice. How to love, how to love your body, how to love your you know your house and your garden and your city and your community as part exactly like you said as an extension of yourself how to how to learn where to learn how to love you know that is something that you know sometimes it's actually easier to love your garden than it is to love your own body it's it's ongoing i don't think there is like a place where it's like okay you know I've done it, you know, I, I truly love everything about my body or, you know, I, I think it's an ongoing work. Um, but as long as, you know, it's we have a space to express that honestly and, you know, there's a safe space, like a non-judgmental space to share that really, you know, how we, um, th- there can be that place where even in my own personal experience, you know, it's so important what I put into the to the earth, like what what um products or what blends I use to clean my house or something, you know, what, what goes down the drain. Sometimes really thinking so much about that, but maybe not thinking so much about what goes in our body. Or even maybe thinking so much about what physically goes in our body, but then like we were talking about how like the emotions um maybe something you're putting in your body is super healthy. Like, you know, I guess healthy is, you know, I would say that in a quotation mark because that is also open to, it's very relative. It depends, you know, what, what is, what is good, what is not, it's very open to discussion for everyone or there's no really right or wrong, but the same goes for our practices where, you know, I think that judgment where sometimes we judge or, you know, this trying to heal comes with the judging I think you know that's also in personal daily daily practices I mean in my own experience I find myself judging what I am able to do what I'm not able to do what I think that those things are you know that really goes in the way of actually it's not productive most of the time you know and uh, it's, it's almost a similar thing that you know I was mentioning the beginning about the analytical mind coming in is this the plant is this me you know and then feeling that other other possibility of there's there no not being a difference between me and the plant so the same thing i think goes for this i think you know the judgment also happens within ourselves not just to the outside world there can be a lot of blame and guilt within ourselves and that's also you know that that is also something to work on within that I think will also um, express itself 
towards the earth. It's an uh, ongoing um, work that we all are doing. Um, and I think it's interesting to see right now how more and more people are interested into plants and, you know, farming and eating better. And how do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you feel it's, a, it's, it's, it's an exciting, you know, time for everyone? Do you, do you feel like there's a, there's a part of it that's, you know, like is following some still like kind of like destructive pattern in a way like um you know creating even more ways of consumption even if it's on the name under the name of plants or do you think you know like it's part of that journey but ultimately it's going towards that better integration of us with uh with and for nature yeah there is i think two sides to that story where you know, the availability of information, uh, the ease um, in which we can reach and, you know, find out about all the, you know, plant or indigenous knowledge or, you know, all of these, the availability of knowledge is in a way like it can be very uh, beneficial at some, in some ways, but in another way, it just becomes another product to consume. For me, it, it is a bit heartbreaking in the subject of plants because it has, you know, like many things, it's, it's an interesting time that we're living in, I think, because with a lot of different areas of work, um, you know, whether it's in the arts or, you know, things that are connected with nature, maybe farming and any artisanal works, there's somehow... Um, the attraction to the story of all these works, the attraction to the story, but not really being connected to the actuality of it. Like the story is always attractive, romanticizing, you know, there, there is that, you know, often romanticizing the story and then putting that, that costume on, but not actually practicing and especially with plants or, you know, any kind of spiritual or indigenous practice, you know, those have also become products. And and then it becomes a plunder of knowledge. Then it actually becomes more complicated, sometimes maybe even more harmful than the, to the planet than... I mean, I do believe that practicing from the heart is healing like it you know if something is popular but people are really you know truly connected to something and really you know it's a part of their daily life it's a part of their kind of intrinsic way of being then i think that's a true place i think that's a place of healing but when it's a, another product to consume it has become so easy to do everything people feel uh it's an interesting time when i think confidence level and information are in an interesting balance like very little bit of information gives people the confidence to start a business mm, or so create true. blends and share with people and i think i i'm all for you know people integrating plants in their lives and really like re-remembering those indigenous ways or you know it doesn't have to even be that far past it can just be your grandma's like way of making hawthorn jelly or something you know it, it it doesn't have to even be something really you know mystical it, it's just 
those recipes, you know, those are even ways of connecting to your the ancestral knowledge and and um, the plant world. But again, when it becomes a trend and the story is really attractive, so people just are drawn to the story. But, you know, when it's just the the words, but, you know, the daily practices are not following those words, then I then it becomes really complicated, actually. And I think it's we are in an interesting time when we really have to feel what is true or not, really. And I do believe what is true. I, I do believe that however truthfully we are attached to plants, I think that then we will attract the right people who are also truthfully attached, you know, or attached maybe sounds uh, maybe not the right word, or maybe the bonded is a better word. I, I do believe that that can cause that, you know, that trend of being acquiring knowledge and then using it, you know, looking at plants just as useful objects like you might know a lot about herbal medicine but your look you know your your way of looking at plants might be in a pharmaceutical way and you know looking at them as if in in this reductionist way where you're like oh this has like these alkaloids or this plant has these things and this is useful you know when you look at plants in that way you know yeah they are still chemically speaking healing but when you just look at them in that way, like as things and objects that you can put in your tea that will, you know, help with your, I don't know, stomach spasms or something, that there's no healing there. So knowledge is always, not always, not, you know, it's not always a power to heal. I think, so, you know, I, I really hope that people who are deeply, you know, connected to life you know who love life who love all beings who when they look at a plant are not just thinking hmm how can i use this plant no i mean it's a being you know you're you're and you're not the only being that that plant is in relation to there are all these other beings like you know the over harvest of so many plants have has caused so much so many issues in in um in the habitat and and the over harvest of rosehips for instance you know wild roses are are habitats for wild animals like small animals and the rosehip is a is an amazing food for those animals that who are going into winter you know and the same with elderberries you know you know especially with with the last periods you know the importance of these antiviral you know labeled plants have become so popular which elderberries are a very important and sacred plant in our lives as well but suddenly it's become a product like you know instead of a home-cooked syrup it has become a product there's an over harvest of the the berries the over harvest of the as of a plant that really is is medicine not just for humans it's it's also medicine for the birds and the the other animals that live in the forests you know so knowledge is great it's it's great that people can acquire knowledge about plants but if if that knowledge is being used in a way that's set in separation with the plants when it's just about use and when it's so disconnected with the plant and the 
as a being then then i think it's it's uh it's really getting in the way of of healing and it's really confusing as well because it becomes harder to separate what you know all these herbal practices that are going on everywhere like what is real and what is not but like i i, I do believe that what we um practice will also attract the same kind of attitude so i we you know it's just a time when the challenge is to separate that i would agree like a hundred percent with that and i think it's interesting that um i remember i think it was one of my yoga teacher you know like he would always have us you know differentiate like the three words of like information knowledge and wisdom by you know referring to the fact that information is that you know um, that, that thing that you can get and that's available and that we have like surrounded you know by and then knowledge you get to from that information you get to knowledge only when you're able to like integrate it and process it through your body and once you're able to truly like almost create that that alchemy right um then it becomes like wise and wisdom which i think is exactly what you're you're describing and speaking of alchemy actually how would you define alchemy for us i i do believe that alchemy can be a way of just transforming what um we experience what we see it, it does i mean i think of it in a more I guess, symbolic way, I think it's similar to what you were asking before about, you know, this information being available. It's, it's, uh, you either take that information and use it as it is in a very kind of straightforward, just like take this, use that way, or, you know, or alchemy comes in. And like you were saying, it's like integrated in you, in, in your own uh, journey and then transformed into something that is actually really sacred and healing in a way and i you know my teacher my first herbal teacher rosemary glaster who is really a dear friend and a mentor for me she you know would always say before you advise an herb to someone you you should have used the herb and experienced the herb like never that was like a golden rule never advise an herb even if you've read like thousands of articles or you know books on it don't don't ever and another thing was that I think I've learned from her and it's such an important way of practicing herbalism for me is that herbs are not just medication like we should not look at them as if they are medication you know they're not they shouldn't be stuck in these medicine cabinets they should be you know a part of our daily lives and I think alchemy like even in that daily practice of you know like maybe creating this rosehip jam and you know eating your medicine and not even realize like it's it because you know we have this idea that medicine is maybe because of all the kind of allopathic medicine that we have been probably grown up with it usually tastes bad you know and um uh, you know i don't know it's like hardly ever does anything really but we can transform that medicine can be delicious you know and you can heal someone you know without them noticing it like because i you know the idea of healing is usually 
boring or you know you have to drink all these like things that really don't taste nice but the one thing that I've learned from rosemary is integrating beauty into medicine and that's actually a, a part of that is integrating plants and the medicine into your daily life it can be just like a delicious drink or you know a wonderful jam that is made of a very healing berry or and I think that's where the healing healing takes place and it's just transforming really transforming what you find in nature you know the nature like nature is just so generous and incredibly abundant when you actually let it you know let nature be and i don't just mean not interacting with nature you know when you look back um to all these cultures you know all these indigenous practices where people were w living with the land in the land they weren't like not they were always in nature, like either spreading seeds or, you know, if they're harvesting a berry, they would take a part of it and spread it somewhere else. You know, they really did help um, maintain the wildlife habitats. There are all these practices that indigenous people did that that they weren't like, no, like we don't go in here. We are protecting this area. No, they were tending the land. Of course, not in the way that agriculture today is doing or not in the way that even conventional gardening is doing, but in a different way, like really in connection to all the other beings that that they share the place with. And like bees. Yeah, exactly. And you know, leaving, you know, not not over harvesting because we're not the only ones enjoying the flowers. You know, it just it's amazing how you can pick roses and then that can be transformed into so many, so many different types of food or medicine. And the idea of alchemy inspires me most when it's those little ways where we can transform what we are able to come across in nature or in each other or, you know. So I do believe there's a really healing way that we can be. You know, it's not like there's something else that I actually really want to say that today i think you know the the conversation on you know healing the planet and it's always about separating people from natural areas it's like let's protect this area you know let's not make people you know allowed to get in this area you know i i don't think that's the way that's creating more separation i mean i understand where that's coming from because you know um you know we do see what happens when there's an over overabundance of people sometimes in, in 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 nature areas or you know in in national parks you know you see how we leave behind sometimes all of this unnatural things behind you know but that's why i think it's important to remember you know the old ways of of being together I, I don't think the healing will come from separation. I really think it, it will come from being together. What you said about the daily practice is critical. I actually feel like that is medicine. That notion that your life is about taking care of your body and taking care of the environment about you. In fact, that's our only duty. Yeah. That is our purpose, right? Yeah. To take care of our body and the and the world around us. 
lastly, because, you know, I want to be mindful of your time as well, um, but I could have this conversation for like hours and hours with you, um, especially for people who are listening. We are surrounded by amazing fully in bloom roses and jasmine <laughs> it's quite powerful magical uh and pomegranate also who are like starting to like spread beautiful red energy um, all around but i would love to um have you share your dreams what are your dreams emine like if you what do you see yourself and the world um, manifesting in this uh, lifetime? At the moment, as you know, I'm creating or have been for for the last um, I don't know seven eight years uh, herbal soaps and herbal ceramic like clay works and so it's it's like I have a little workshop that is the main guide and guidance and the the um, it comes from nature and so whatever is produced there is 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 in relation to plants and you know through that actually i've noticed that just because these are like these small objects that enter people's daily lives just like soap you know it's such a simple thing but i've i've really enjoyed how i i started to feel that that actually in a way connects people to nature you know just one soap and you're in the city and then really coming across those scents of the actual plants there's something really grounding about that and then I do feel that I I want that is what excites me you know that is what brings joy to me and I, I that is something that I would like to work on further actually because that that you know inspiring that connection that people have to themselves and to nature that is what I would like to do and you know what that would be through could be through maybe writing more that is something that is another thing that I love another passion of mine is to write and really my dream is to be able to share those but also um, have time pe with people together and make more time for teaching and um, gatherings that will inspire that kind of communication with uh, that people have with and you know I, I don't want to just do this in a way that's that makes people feel as if they have to move into the rural areas you know I, I want I would really wish that I could find a way of working together with people and plants that inspires them that connects them to the earth even when maybe they're living on the 16th floor of a huge building in a city i think that that connection is possible everywhere or you know even you know if someone is walking down the street and notices that all these medicinal plants that they're maybe learning about are actually on the sidewalks you know on the little cracks cracks of the the city streets so something that i'd like to do is actually be able to do that beyond like a product like actually through spending time together with people who are maybe yearning for that connection beautiful and um and i know 
you will make your dreams reality. I have no doubt. And thank you so much, Emine, for sharing like all your wisdom and uh, your beauty and your your profound connection with nature and the plants. And um, I am sure, and actually I know and I feel it like the the plants and the surrounding all around you are so grateful for your presence and I love you so much thank you so much to everyone for listening to this conversation thank you to Emine your wisdom, your beauty and thank you so much Marcus Underwood for leading the production of the Garden and the Moon podcast channel 